This is the Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manekt. We're not even into March yet, and the playoff vibe is beginning to rise, especially if you're in Vancouver and here in British Columbia where the Vancouver Canucks are trying to right the ship in their first protracted slump of the season. That's how good a year it's been. The Canucks hadn't lost more than two games in a row. Now they're at four in a row in the L column with the big, bad Boston Bruins in town at Rogers Arena. Always a great matchup. But with the Canucks wanting to turn things around, there'll be even more at stake at Rogers Arena. Certainly, the Bruins haven't necessarily been tearing up the league. Uh, They're sort of been about the 500 mark over the past couple of weeks. But certainly, with the game in hand, the Bruins are going to want to sweep the season series against the uh, uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks, and they're going to want to do so with authority on this road trip. On the other hand, Rick Tockett is looking for a power play that is A-W-O-L. That turns around, the Canucks' fortunes will turn around. Certainly, to me, one of the big reasons why the Canucks have been the surprise that they've been this year is the depth in the roster. And with Dakota Joshua out, that has made things a little bit leaner for Rick Tockett in the bottom six. And Dakota Joshua's value to the Canucks, I think, has only been highlighted by the team struggling uh, while he's been uh, largely out of the lineup. Certainly... With uh, the beginning of March getting underway next week, you can start to see even more of a playoff vibe in British Columbia in general and in Vancouver in particular, simply because there's nothing like the playoffs and there's been so much pent-up demand in this marketplace with two trips to the Stanley Cup playoffs since 2014. That is just not enough for this market after the 10 to 15 years of success, not Stanley Cup success, admittedly, but the success that they've had really since the mid-1990s with the Pat Quinn administration, that 1994 team went into a little bit of a a dive in the Mike Keenan, uh, Mark Messier era, but then under Brian Burke and then Dave Nonis recovered and recovered strong. Mike Gillis then uh, filling in the the blanks to create the 2011 team. And since then, there just hasn't been a lot to cheer about. Yes, those back-to-back President's Trophy seasons, but not much beyond that. Outside of that little blip in the bubble in Edmonton, uh, the the year that the um, uh, Canucks were playing against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, that was pretty uh, special stuff indeed, and it just excited a fan base. Elias Pettersson excited a fan, oh, excited a fan base, uh, even with uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, still in on the roster on the Canucks side of things at that at that point in time. But there's nothing like the playoffs. And there'll be some kids 
who have never seen those white towels go before. Not that you want to put too much stake on the president's trophy, but there's no question that the Vancouver Canucks president's trophy odds have have lengthened considerably over the past week to 10 days, given their four-game losing streak. They had, at this time uh, last week, still quite a good cushion going into uh, the the weekend. That cushion is now essentially uh, evaporated. The Bruins and the Canucks both have 80 points. Tino Ferris in the producer's chair, and we've got coming for you this hour a visit from Rich Lisk on the Ottawa Black Bears. So you lacrosse fans, whether you're Vancouver Warriors fans or if you're WLA fans of the Shamrocks in Victoria or uh, elsewhere, you might want to hear Rich List talking about a relocation planned for uh, next season. The New York Riptide announced this week have become or will become the Ottawa Black Bears. And we'll be joined by Rich Lisk uh, in about uh, 10 minutes' time here on the sport market. Uh, We'll also be joined by John Festinger, uh, not only representing Chandler, Fogden, Lyman, but also the UBC Law School and Thompson Rivers University in Kamloops, B.C. We'll have two sessions of the Buy and Sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games, featuring John Festinger, Tino Farah, and the one and only Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sada School of Business and Langara College School of Management. John Festinger, it is the cusp of March. Playoffs begin mid-April. Arguably the best time of year to be a hockey fan is in that uh, first week of the first round when you've got 16 uh, 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 sixteen teams, eight series in play, four on each side. It's been way too long for the average Vancouver fan, for any Vancouver fan, since there's been anything of promise. How much concern is this four-game when a losing streak for the Vancouver Canucks, given the general aspirations of the season? Well, it's, it's obviously of concern um, to everybody but broadcasters who don't seem to be concerned about it at all for some reason. Um, you know, and, and I will take the pundits sort of at their word because there is logic to it. There's the Dakota Joshua situation. Uh, there is... Um, the fact that all teams go through slumps. Uh, I think a lot gets determined by the results of the Bruins-Canucks game tonight. And my heart says that the Canucks are going to win, and my brain says they won't. Um, I'm a little worried that... um, I'll just put it right out there. I'm worried that the coach has lost the room. Um, I I don't know why... And I'm not going to pretend I know why. But Rick Tockett has a certain magic to suspend disbelief, to get everybody to believe um, a version of reality, including himself, I think. So I don't think there's anything insincere about it. Um, But reality inevitably intercedes. And what I'm worried about is that um, the, the Canucks, as good as they are, have been playing a little beyond their means. Certainly the stats show that. 
um, and rea once reality intercedes and the bubble bursts, um, what happens then? Do they lose confidence or can we regenerate another bubble? So I, I think there are some very big questions and I think the game against the Bruins, a home game against the Bruins, is you know the most important game of the season up until the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not prepared to suggest that Rick Tockett has lost the room. Having said that, the Canucks' performance outside of the first 10 minutes against the Seattle Kraken was very listless when you'd expect it to be fierce. This is when you 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 can't stop the inertia and the momentum of a losing streak without being at the top of your game. And there just wasn't enough of that for those Canucks fans who traveled down the I-5 to see a pretty listless last 50 minutes of play. And and the team has become progressively more listless. I, I'm not saying Tockett has lost the room. I said I'm worried that Tockett has lost the room. Uh, there's something going on. Hard to know what it is. But I hope Tockett and others f have, have got it figured out, even if we don't. Vancouver Whitecaps are now a week away from kicking off their Major League Soccer season. Uh, they've got a home opener on uh, March 2nd. Uh, this is a brand new start. MLS kicked off Thursday night with Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami CF's 2-0, 2-0 win uh, against Real Salt Lake. Messi, of course, has been an absolute massive revitalizer for Major League Soccer. You see it in TV numbers. I mean, John, season ticket sales up 15%. Revenue from season ticket sales up 25%. A lot of teams doing what Vancouver's doing, making the messy visit a premium visit. Preseason sales up seven times year over year. Messi himself has had an impact not just on Inter-Miami going from 600 million franchise valuation, according to Forbes, to 1.02 billion, but it's been one of those all-boats float scenarios, and that's great for the Whitecaps, as it is Toronto FC, um, um, uh, 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 CF as well. Uh, what are your aspirations for the Vancouver Whitecaps this year? And how important is it with the FIFA 2026 World Cup just a couple of years ago, a couple of years away, for the Whitecaps to become a contender in MLS? Well, my aspiration for the Whitecaps would, the, would be that they become a serious team and go into at least the second round of the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen. And, you know, there, you, you talk about the value of MLS franchises. In a weird way, that makes it worse because you don't have to do anything for the value of your franchise to go up. We're almost at the point. We may be at the point in some markets that if you owned an NHL team, you would trade it one for one for an MLS franchise because you know where the future is going to be uh, and you know where the greater profits are inevitably going to be. Um, I, I just hope that the white... My aspirations for the Whitecaps is that they get sold to people who um, can revitalize the team. And maybe make a, 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 an even greater investment in terms of player acquisition. Uh, bottom line is... It's a fresh start for the Whitecaps. They're undefeated like everyone except for Real Salt Lake going into this weekend. 
Next up, we're joined by Rich Lisk talking about the New York Riptide of the National Lacrosse League becoming the Ottawa Black Bears next season in the National Lacrosse League. We've also got not one but two sessions of the Buy and Sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games. All of that coming your way right here on The Sport Market. Now more of The Sport Market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. The Ottawa lacrosse market is growing tremendously, even from the first time I came into the league. And now they have a, a very ripe and, and, and prosperous youth organizations. And they and there's a lot of players in the league now that come here, where before it was kind of the Callum Crawfords of the world came out of Ottawa. Now it's Crawford and Firth and um, Connolly and Will Johnston. And now the names start to flow off your, off your tongue more. So I think adding that, Adding in that we had a great re- a great showing in Montreal where that marketplace is 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 fertile for this. Um, adding in the relationship with the Senators, it just made sense overall from a uh, from an organization standpoint to to make this move. National Lacrosse League Commissioner Brett Frude, uh, sorry Rich Lisk on the Ottawa Black Bears. We're efforting Rich Lisk live, but certainly that gives you a flavor from his position as general manager of the current New York Riptide, what the opportunity is. And uh, Tino, it's as if you have been in uh, stealth communication with Rich Lisk simply because he pointed out some of the same things you did, that this is a real opportunity with plenty of upside because of how strong the youth lacrosse community has become in the nation's capital yeah and it, it was really cool they did the they did the announcement a couple of days ago uh, midway through the week um and you know the nll isn't on the same playing field when it comes to like the the national uh hockey league or the nfl or mlb or, or whatever so i think there were a lot of people that were curious to see kind of what it would look like when there's a press conference for the NLL announcing a team like that, but it was a full room. There were cameras everywhere. It was it was incredible to see. He's Tino Ferrer. I'm Tom Mayanek, and we're joined uh, in in studio by John Festinger and Aziz Rajwani, and uh, we've got uh, uh, Rich Lisk live here as the general manager of the New York Riptide talking about the news this week that the Riptide will relocate to the nation's capital for the 2024-2025 National Lacrosse League season. Uh, Rich, uh, you're going to have to be careful in meetings uh, towards the end of the year because you might still be uh, calling your team the Riptide. It might take a little time to get used to the new moniker, but it sure seems that uh, you and Commissioner Brett Frude and everybody associated with lacrosse is pretty happy about this uh, proposed outcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you first for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, it is it is a little uh, a little strange, I guess, announcing this during the middle of the season. But uh, we're really excited about this opportunity. You know, our ownership group, GF Sports and Entertainment, is is really excited to be joining forces with the Ottawa Senators and having a working relationship with them and and going you know basically taking the the sport back home from uh, New York to Ottawa. And Ottawa is a growing lacrosse market, and we're going to play in the Canadian Tire Center and. There's a lot of positives to this, and we're really excited about it. 
Uh, Rich, how important was it to you and the ownership group uh, of the Riptide uh, to have a scenario uh, where there was more than just a tenant-landlord relationship with the Ottawa Senators, that there was a real preferred partnership where both were going to contribute to try and make this a success? Well, I think that was you know, paramental for us. Like It was a big thing that needed to happen. When you look at the teams in our league, the teams that do really well, Vancouver, Calgary, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Colorado, they are all have a direct relationship with an NHL-NBA team. And um, with the independent teams, like we were, an independent team, like you said, it was just being a tenant in the building. Now we have this working relationship with Ottawa. We're on the same we're on the same playing field as that. And now when the Ottawa Senators go in and, and talk to their season ticket holders about becoming season ticket holders, we're in that conversation. Whereas in, in New York, we didn't have that, right? We were just the main tenant in the building. We didn't have an NHL team there. When they go and sell their sponsorships, they're selling sponsorships for the building, the senators, and us. So now that helps add to it. So I think that working relationship is paramount to to having a successful franchise. I've been in the league 10 years, and I've seen the teams that do well, and those teams that do well are the teams that have that direct affiliation. So for us to do that and get that, it it was a home run for us. We're talking to Rich Les, general manager, New York Riptide, soon to become the Ottawa Black Bears of the National Lacrosse League. Rich, what will define success for you and the rest of your front office and your ownership group and your partnership with the Senators? What's what's your baseline to move this thing forward? Well, that's I think one of the reasons we announced this early or earlier than what I think many people thought we should do. And I, I said this the other day on another interview. If we waited the time frame that would have been, I, I guess, quote unquote, what people thought would have been the correct time frame, you're really talking June 1st announcing this. So then you have June, July, August, September, October, November, we start training camp. December, you have your first game. So I think that would have put us at a deficit of really getting in and being open for business and giving us the best foot forward for the, for the organization. So starting it now gives us a huge ramp up. It gives us the opportunity to get in, into the Ottawa market before youth lacrosse registration established and tryouts are established and it gives us an opportunity to get in while the auto senators are doing their renewal process for season ticket holds it gives us the opportunity to get in here now in the first quarter to really start talking to partners and sponsors before their budgets are made up and things so um those things are were, were again I, i'm using the same word paramount for us to make this decision to really launch it at the time. So I think when we come out of the gate here, you know, we've already seen um, a, a, such a great uh, response. The NLL launched an unboxed program, and that unboxed program is a grassroots sticks in hand program that we launched in different markets. And before we came into Ottawa, they launched that there. And Ottawa had the most inquiries out of any uh, town or city that they launched this in. And we had close to 13,000 students that were interested in getting involved in this box program. So to me, that is a success story already. And then we can come in on that foundation and build and go forward. So I think, you know, we're in the, we're trending in the right direction on the field. And now off the field, we're going to be trending in the right direction with these new partners that we have in the Senators.
Uh, Rich, I mean, I think you guys have made absolutely the right decision to come out now as opposed to, uh, you know, in June, because we all know how hard it is to do business in July and August, especially of the corporate variety. Uh, You know, to leave it to a September, October, November uh, would be highly risky. And I think the downside of being a bit of a lame duck in New York is more than uh, uh, matched by the upside of your new home in Ottawa. I couldn't agree more. You know, this franchise, and and I give our owners a lot of credit for what they've done. Our our owners bought this franchise and launched it in in February of 2019. That's when they announced the name and everything. And then their first game was December of 2019. I got here in February of 2020. March of 2020, it's a fun story. I took the staff, who I don't really know. I took them out for happy hour. At the end of happy hour, we said, okay, I'll see you on Monday. And we didn't come back for 15 weeks. And the league didn't come back for 18 months. So then we're take 18 months off. So the last thing anyone really saw was us for maybe two or three months. Then we have 18 months off. Then we come back and we play a season under COVID rules where we can't really get the players in the marketplace and market and get them to interact with people. And then last year was really, quote, unquote, the first year you could have a regular season and now this season. So this franchise um, had two feet in, in, the, in the grave already starting off with when it happened. Who would have thought a global pandemic would have happened when they launched the team? So we were already behind the eight ball. So, again, looking at the calendar the way it's laying out now, starting now gives us the best opportunity not to repeat what history was before where we started off at a deficit and tried to build ourselves out of the deficit. There'll be a lot of lacrosse fans uh, uh, listening, uh, following the Vancouver Warriors who can't wait for the first visit by the Ottawa Black Bears. Rich, we'll have to uh, leave it at that, but thank you so much with everything that you've had going on this week. Thank you so much for making uh, time uh, uh, for us, and uh, best of luck with the Ottawa Black Bears. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, and you know, the Riptide, we have a game against Vancouver, so we'll be out there playing, uh, playing against Vancouver very soon at the end of the year here, and we're excited. So thank you very much. He is Rich Lisk, General Manager, New York Riptide, soon to become the Ottawa Black Bears. Next up, not one but two sessions of our Buy and Sell panel presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Are you buying that the Canucks break through this weekend against the big, bad Boston Bruins. I mean, obviously it's going to be a focal point till um, we have a little bit more success, and that's the way it's going to be. But, um, you know, no one cares more than the guys that are on the ice. And um, hopefully we'll be able to figure this out and get the job done. And if we can, I'm sure, you know, we'll find guys that can. Listening to the sport market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Manekt. Yeah, I think I think we have to. Uh, obviously, like you said, we were uh, played some good hockey. Obviously, the results weren't there, but uh, you know, I'd rather take this stretch where we, you know, right now where we're struggling a little bit, rather than do it later. So, I mean, it's some adversity. Uh, every team going through it every year. So, I mean, it's. Uh, it's tough, but I mean, good thing we're playing a good team tomorrow. Um, you know, good test for us to you know get back on track. Elias Lindholm of the Vancouver Canucks talking about getting back on track. 
talking about turning the page, which is the only thing you can do. Nothing is going to bring back the two points that uh, were there for the taking against the Seattle Kraken or the other of the four consecutive losses. It's really the Boston Bruins on Saturday, a 4 o'clock Pacific start, 7 o'clock Eastern, and of course, it doesn't get much easier. The Canucks are in a very difficult patch of their 2023-2024 season. It's one of the things we'll kick around as part of our panel. It's time to buy, sell, or hold on the sport market. The stock market of sport. Presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Dakota Joshua set for a March 10th signing session. Pia Suter, March 24th. And in between, Hockey Hall of Famer Daryl Sittler, March 23rd. Also, Pastime Sports and Games, four lower mainland locations at Burnaby Metro Town, uh, Guildford Town Centre, Tawasson uh, uh, Mills, and... Their new location in Langley will all be part of Upper Deck Hockey Card Day. That's April 13th. Come into town, Hockey Hall of Famer, the Finnish Flash, Timu Solani. Unbelievable rookie season back in the day that will likely, well, you never say never, but will be a really difficult plateau to cross. Part of our panel, John Festinger of the UBC Law School and Thompson Rivers University, uh, also from Chandler Fogden Lyman, Tino Farah in the producer's chair, and Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business, Langara College School of Management. Round number one, over to John uh, Festinger. Are you buying that the Vancouver Canucks turn things around here, get back to the winning ways, and still vie for the President's Trophy? Well, I absolutely guarantee beyond a shadow of, the, of a doubt that the Canucks will win again. Um, <laughs> uh, will they vie for the President's Trophy? Yeah, I, I think I, I don't think that's over um, uh, because there are two ways of vying for the trophy. It, you can you can win your way into it. You could, or other teams can lose their way out of it. Right now, none of the top teams are doing all that great. Somebody's going to get hot. Um, we thought it might even be the Oilers, but they're, they've cooled off considerably. So it, it may be a bit of a turtle race to the president's trophy. And therefore, if you're using the word vi. I'm buying that the Canucks will be vying for the president's trophy. Uh, Aziz Rajwani, are you buying, you know, obviously, you know, it's probably a safe buy simply because they're at 80 points tied with the Boston Bruins. It's not as if they've fallen five or six points behind, but the trending of their first real rough patch of the season, four consecutive losses with some tough opponents to come. Do you think that's enough to ultimately derail ambitions of the first seed overall? No, I don't think it ultimately derails anything. I mean, culture is not something that you just, it's not an on and off switch. You don't lose it overnight. Just because you're having a rough patch, you don't lose the culture that you want to be competitive. You want to give your best effort. You want to play as a team, all those kinds of things, team unity, all those kinds of things are still present. You don't, those don't evaporate 
overnight. They're going through a rough stretch. They've had a c- couple of injuries, obviously, but particularly Dakota Joshua. And, you know, that that's going to that's, – that's having an effect on them. But, you know, there haven't been any rough patches throughout the whole season. So I don't look at this as a four-game losing streak because uh, there's only been two two-game losing streaks before at the start of the season and then about one mid-season. I'm just looking at this in a sort of more uh, half-class full way. It's two two-game losses instead of four in a row. But obviously they've got to get that power play going. I mean, you look at the power play statistics, three out of 31. That's less than one out of 10. Six games they went with zero you know, it just, I don't they're know what's going the very, on there. Yeah, yeah, they're among the very worst power plays over this uh, stretch in the National Hockey League. And they're actually last in a couple of uh, categories. Uh, Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Are, are you buying that the President's Trophy is still very much within grasp of the Vancouver Canucks as they go into their game against the Boston Bruins with 80 points, one game more, have, uh, more uh, played than the Bruins? It's definitely within grasp still. Uh, Do they want it or does the fan base want it? That's a whole other discussion. And I do also have to say, John Festinger, hilarious that you mutter the phrase uh, or that you worry that Talkin has lost the room because if there's any way to just rile up Canucks fans, you have absolutely done it uh, to a T. Hey, let me put it this way. I, I do think that, well, the statistics bear out All the teams in the league have had three and four game losing streaks. Look at the Edmonton Oilers at the beginning of the season, and now they're very much in contention, not just for a divisional spot, but a lot of people suggesting, hey, the Oilers are going for the Pacific Division and could very well get there. But the opportunity may have been lost to make it sort of something that can when some see the president's trophy won with Rick Tockett being able to properly prepare for the playoffs. If you really want that top seed, you go for it, but it might create situations and matchups that you don't really want to spend going into the actual hardcore of the playoffs. Uh, I certainly believe that this team's track record over the body of work means that they're still very much a president's trophy contender. Uh, but there's no question the cast of characters vying for that is now a lot larger than it was two weeks ago. Round number two of Buy and Sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Uh, for all the information on upcoming autograph signing sessions, just visit pastimesports.ca. The Vancouver Whitecaps kick off their season Saturday, March 2nd, at home. MLS kicked off Thursday night and this weekend. I'm going to start with Aziz Rajwani. Aziz, are you buying that this year's edition of the Vancouver Whitecaps is playoff bound? Yes, I think they're playoff bound with the new playoff rules, similar to last year. They'll get in whether they'll actually be successful and get to the second round, I don't know. But one thing I still can't figure out, these MLS people that schedule the games, are they're like A-plus people. So they got all the teams playing. Wednesday, two teams played. Real Salt Lake is playing today. Miami's playing again tomorrow. And yet Vancouver doesn't start their first game until the following weekend. But, hey, those, those guys are top-notch, let me tell you. <laughs> 
the sarcasm meter just almost came through the window there. Uh, John Festinger, your take on the Vancouver Whitecaps 2024 uh, playoff team or not? Playoff team, one round. I just want to address Aziz's point a little bit because it is a valid, very valid point. Um, Having worked with NHL scheduling, I can tell you the level of professionalism and thoughtfulness that goes into it. We often talk about NFL scheduling and how good it is. Um, MLS is clearly lagging severely behind the other leagues. And, and I, I, you know, it sounds like a light point, but uh, I think Aziz is making a very serious point that affects the whole league, not just the Whitecaps. I will say this. The Whitecaps have the stakes very high. This is their 50th anniversary season. There's all kinds of promotional opportunities. You've got a um, scheduled appearance by one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time, and Lionel Messi. With those, With that context, the Whitecaps need success. They need not only CONCACAF club championship success, they need MLS table uh, success. This is really important, especially in a year in which the BC Lions will be positively enriched by a Grey Cup hosting opportunity. And that's why every home game is going to be so important, not just on the pitch, but from a business point of view as well. The other thing, guys... This is a 24-month period that is, in my books, the most important period for the growth and development of soccer in our country's history. It's the two years leading up to the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Seven matches in Vancouver. The Whitecaps could be a massive beneficiary of the increased interest in the game, increased corporately and at uh, at, at the grassroots level. But to really make the most of it, They've got to be having success. They've got to be winning many more times than they're losing. And I'm buying that they make the playoffs, but I'm also buying that every effort should be made by ownership to take it to the next level. Guys, we're going to uh, continue with another round of buy and sell just around the corner, including... Amar Doman and the BC Lions and the opportunity in front of them and the craziness, the joyous craziness of Rugby Sevens. Our panel's takes on both next, right here, as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on the sport market. Now more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. You, got, you know, you got to learn to play tired. That's a that's a big, big thing, uh, what good teams will do. You know, there's going to be some games where you're tired and you have to play smart. Short shifts, play predictable hockey, um, you know, stick your staples. I think we got off everything. You know, long shifts. You know, I don't think we got in front of a guy in Seattle, you know, desperate team. They played the way they were supposed to play. But there was times where we could have really burnt them and we didn't. That, that was kind of more upsetting for me if we made... One or two really good passes. We could have had some three on twos that we never did. So uh, we got we got to get back to our staples, obviously. It's become a new catchphrase in Canucks 
fan circles, the Canucks getting back to their staples. And uh, one really good way to get back to the staples is with a win in which they staple the Boston Bruins uh, to the ice in a big win at Rogers Arena. Certainly a lot of anticipation. This is one of the uh, most attractive dates in the Canucks calendar this year. The Bruins have been every time they visited, especially since 2011. And certainly uh, you're looking at uh, uh, two and a half, three times face value across the uh, the, the big uh, median of tickets available on the secondary market that shows you that the Bruins are uh, are popular not only because uh, popular at this moment not only because they're a heritage brand not only because they've got the rivalry with the Canucks but because they're tied right now with the Canucks at 80 points at the top of the NHL standings of course Bruins have a game in hand it leads me to part two of our buy and sell panel with Aziz Rajwani, John Festinger, and Tino Farah, uh, presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Daryl Sittler, March 23rd. Check out the information for that autograph signing session with the Hockey Hall of Fame great uh, at pastimesports.ca. That'll be at the Langley store on the 23rd. Pia Suter the next day on March 24th. Another autograph signing opportunity. 2010 to 2012. Massive halcyon era in Vancouver sport history. Uh, uh, Two President's Trophies, a Stanley Cup final, a Grey Cup hosting and championship opportunity, MLS launch of the Whitecaps in 2011. That's quite the 24-month period. But, John Festinger, are you buying that with Grey Cup 2024... The Invictus Games 2025 and the FIFA World Cup 2026, these next 24 months are the greatest 24 months in Vancouver sport history? You're asking me, uh, on on all footing, it's square except for the Olympics versus FIFA. And I, I just can't quite get over the golden goal um now if you if you ask me at the end of this period um i might have a different answer but because when you look at that previous period yes the canucks inexplicably lost the cup but canada won gold um let's see how we do uh both the canucks do and how uh the canadian team does in the world cup before I, I give an answer. Right now, I'm going to stick to the 2010 period. Uh, Aziz Rajwani, 2010 to 2012, is that your gold medal uh, period in Vancouver and BC sport history? Or are you buying that with the Grey Cup, uh, with the Invictus Games, with the FIFA World Cup, and a much improved Vancouver Canucks team and potentially some surprises from the Vancouver Whitecaps, is this next 24 months golden? Well, let me answer that two ways. From a personal standpoint, I mean, the t- 2010 Olympics particularly was very uh, meaningful for me because I was lucky enough to be in Whistler for the first 10 days of the Olympics. So, and I cannot describe what it was like. It was just amazing. But, you know, there was the French saying, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose, which says the more things change, the more they stay the same. And hey, 2011 Grey Cup, 2024 Grey Cup hosted once again. President's Trophy, 
well, maybe President's Trophy 2023-24, quote-unquote, the season that is. And so I think it's great times for Vancouver as well. Now, the only difference is if Canada had a really good soccer team or they, they really make inroads at this World Cup, that would be amazing. But it's not going to be like the gold medal, I don't think, at 2010, obviously. But, hey, you never know. Keep dreaming. But so to me, I don't think it'll match the, 2020, the 2010-12 to 12 period, but it'll come close, I think. Tino Ferro, you were just a little guy around Vancouver 2010, but let us know your assessment of the stock of that two-year period, 2010 to 2011, with 2024 to 2026. Does this period that we're getting into have the upside to outshine 2010 to 2012? First of all, little guy, I was in high school. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, second of all, this is a hilarious. Hey, little qu- guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hilarious question following uh, John riling up Canucks fans just uh, not too long ago. Because no matter what the answer is, you're bound to upset somebody here about whether, uh, no, this one was the best one. And this one, you can't possibly match this upcoming one. Uh, because I was. Uh, around the 20 for the 2010 Olympics, I was not a little guy. Thank you very much. Uh, and I was a diehard Canucks fan at the time in that era. I'll say that that one will be uh, will be the better of the two. But I don't, who's to say? We still got some time to build here. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. To me, at this stage, we know what happened 2010 to 2012 it's a really hard act to follow in order for this next two uh, two year period to outdo that a lot of things have to happen and the winning side of things aziz you hinted at it if the canadian national men's team shocks and advances especially to a round of uh, 32 here in Vancouver, and then a round of 16, all bets are off because the from an inclusion point of view, the new Canadians and the global Canadians who've come to uh, Canada in these past 10 to 12 years or 12 to 14 years since 2010, they'll be as if not more engaged with soccer than they were with um, uh, the Vancouver 2010 hockey gold, which won not only the tournament, but the Olympics. Guys, of course, we've got a lot of craziness happening at BC Place. We'll come out of it next week with a, a panel session devoted to what makes Sevens so perfect for Vancouver and British Columbia and for Canada for that matter. What we'll do, though, is say thank you to Aziz Rajwani, Tino Farron, the producer's chair, and John Festinger. You've been listening to us rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sport Market Radio Network. We're going to close out with a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents the Rawson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rawson. The NHL and MetLife Stadium should be proud of themselves for putting on a successful two-game stadium series last weekend. Just getting Flyers, Devils, and Rangers, Islanders fans to peacefully coexist in the same facility for a few hours is a miracle. These are the people who, you know, boo Santa Claus, throw snowballs with rocks inside of them, and whose football games have jails in the stadium. Five minutes for fighting with no eligibility for parole. Who's the judge at these hearings? Wes McCauley? Every Flyers player jogs from the team bus to the stadium dressed as Rocky Balboa, but they lost to Apollo Creed. I'm enjoying the rise of the PWHL. Is Ottawa's Gabby Hughes part of the Hughes Corporation? Quinn, Jack, Luke, Gabby. 
Wild 10, Canucks 7. Wow, they were really inspired by the NBA All-Star game the night before. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash the sport market.